1: on washer and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now.
2: This is the Bonfire on the Blaze Radio Network.
0: Hola, and welcome in to the Bonfire Podcast. This is the pinnacle show here on the Blaze Radio Network, if I do say so myself, because I, Andrew Herzog, am here for the third episode to say, here are my thoughts on Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, and the 2016 election. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, that's right. We don't talk about that here. Thank you. Thank you. No politics. No, thank you. No, thank you. I'm actually here to talk about something else. That's just a wee bit more important. I <laughs> there was this article that I found recently up on the Washington Post called A Stanford Psychologist Explains Why Spacing Out and Goofing Off Is So Good for You. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, it's about time. About time uh, about time more and more people start to hear this and know it. And the uh, author here, Emma Payla? I don't know. Emma. Let's just call her Emma. Emma here is an author and obviously a Stanford psychologist. And here are three things that she explains why goofing off, we should all do it more often, and why it is so good for you. Point number one, she says, diversify your activities. What is she getting at? She means when you're trying to focus on something, instead of trying to focus on it more and really, you know... Tune out everything else and everybody else and devote endless hours to the task. It's probably beneficial for you to get up, walk it off, do something for 10 minutes, half an hour, however long you need to freshen up, and then get back to the problem. This applies to college students, to people in the workforce, to stay-at-home moms, whoever you are. Whatever task that you're trying to do, it's actually good for you to kind of get up, walk away from it, do something else, whether it's another chore, another task, or it's just something fun. You know, you need to get a new perspective. Let your mind get off of it for a second and do something else. So diversify your activities. I do that myself, you know, when I'm at work. If I am really trying to read, understand an article, how to pitch it properly, In the uh, TV show And I'm doing all the nitty gritty Getting everything ready The pictures, the video Trying to piece together an entire TV show I'll find, you know what, ugh I'm going to go walk this off I don't know how to do this yet I'll go get another cup of coffee I will go walk around the studio for five minutes And then I'll get right back into my seat And jump into it and say Wow, okay, that kind of helped I don't know how, but it just does I'm able to refocus my energy again And that's what she is suggesting here, saying, yes, diversify your activities, find something to do for just a a bit of time. And I started doing that when I was in college. I'd be studying for an exam, and I'd say, wow, I think I've shoved just about as much information into my head as I can right now. So I'm going to get up, I'm going to go get a snack, and I'll come back in a little bit. I'm going to go listen to some music, I'm going to go watch a 20-minute episode of something, and then I'll jump right back into it. I'm able to refresh I'm able to see if any of the information I was studying actually stuck with me. And then I start all over again. I like that variety, switching it up. And apparently, so does Emma here. And then point two in her article, she says, make time for stillness and silence. I wrote an article on bonfirethoughts.com several months ago, and I called it the importance of doing nothing. (laughs) And it's absolutely true. We are so busy in today's world. There's so much stimulation, whether it's on the phone, it's the TV, it's friends and uh, phone calls. You're always distracted by something. There's always things to do. So make time to sit still and shut up. That works well for me and my personality type. I like to have my alone time. Not everybody does, though. Some people are so extroverted, they would rather not have that alone time. But there is still something to be said for sit still and just think, let your mind wander or not wander, sometimes it'll just be a blank space, that's okay we have enough going on in our lives that there's so much piquing our interests or you know, firing off the synapses in our heads and our brains and we're thinking, okay this is way too much, this is overwhelming okay, well, as human beings go walk away for a little bit, go walk in a park go to the lake do whatever it is that you need to do that fits you to calm down not talk to not listen don't always have music on I love my music I usually always have it on in the car but there are times where I'll just naturally turn off the radio because my mind knows I need quiet time I need stillness and silence sometimes I'll get home sit on the couch and think okay I'm gonna sit here for a few minutes sometimes that's all I need I'll just sit there nice and quiet and then I'll snap out of it and say all right good to go I need to go clean the kitchen So very important, the importance of doing nothing. Uh, Not all the time, (laughs) because then you're just a bum. But for those of us who work really hard, have jobs, you can't underestimate the power of just doing nothing. Keep that in mind. And the final point that Emma here says, where is it? Let me see, there it is. Invite fun back into your life. Thank you! That is exactly what Bonfire here is about. There are enough people out there in the world, talking heads, you know, uh, syndicated columnists, sharing their thoughts on a variety of topics. And Bonfire says, you know what? We're going to specifically focus on apolitical things. There's enough of that going on. So let's talk about the fun. Things to make you smile, inspire you, make you laugh, because that stuff's also very important. As I mentioned before in last week's episode, the Monuments Men and culture, the importance of it is just as important. As everyone who claims to say, I am a servant of the people, I am a politician, I'm doing important work. Okay, good for you. So We need people like you. We also need people to not do that. To focus on other things in life. You have to have both. You gotta have that balance. So Emma here, inviting fun back into your life. Okay. Whether that is watching a little TV, playing some video games, some people do that. Others, playing uh, card games, board games with their friends. Traveling cooking. Some people enjoy cleaning. (laughs) I don't know who the hell they are, but some people do. They like to have that order. They like to organize and say, okay, I feel better now because I I cleaned the kitchen. I cleaned my room. I organized this. I do whatever. Okay, great. Do what you got to do to have fun, a little bit of fun. We need to have that more as adults. Sometimes we get too serious. And when we do, we can get kind of pissy. We think, wow, this is really difficult What how am I supposed to do this? What about that? I need to go do this I have this other task to do And you just get so wrapped up So overwhelmed You will then take it out on others People who don't deserve it And that's not fair to them And it's not fair to you So Just what the doctor ordered A little bit of fun Loosen up Take a deep breath Oh that's good That's what we need to do And One particular example Inviting fun into my life I have two roommates, and you know we're all on different schedules. I wake up early. I usually get home before they do, since my day starts so early. Uh, the other one is in real estate. He's running all over the Metroplex, meeting with people, working in the, uh, the firm, trying to make things happen. Another one uh, works at Verizon. He's a, a computer engineer. He's managing people. He's trying to solve problems, coding, all this. It's pretty intricate stuff. <laughs> so we're all overwhelmed. And we can be easily irritated at work. So what do we do? When we all come home, if we all happen to be home on the same night, we'll make an effort to say, all right, what are we doing for dinner? What are we going to watch tonight? Or what are we going to do tonight? We try to involve one another. We want to loosen up and say, okay, hey, tonight, let's watch this movie. And then I'm, I'm going to go to bed. And then he'll go off and do laundry. You know, we all have our own schedule still. But we still make an effort to say, what fun are we doing tonight? We've all worked hard today. So what are we going to do to loosen up? Sometimes we'll play card games. We actually make time for that about, I think, once a week. Once a week, we'll come together and play cards. We'll sit there with some drinks, have a little bit of music on. We'll sit and talk and play games and have fun. And there's no shame in that. Absolutely no shame in that. And that's what we need. That's what we decided. Hey, this works for us. This makes us feel better. And then we go to work the next day and do it all over again we work hard we play hard that's just how that's how that's how we do it in my house um so yes this stanford psychologist here emma civil whatever her name is can't can't pronounce it i think she's right on the money diversifying your activities finding you know some stillness some quiet time make time for it and then inviting fun back into your life if bonfires about anything it's about those things variety go out live your life have fun Be still. The importance of doing nothing. We don't always need to be doing something. Calm down and then fun. Have a little bit of fun. Have that balance between your work and your life, your personal life, because work is not the end all be all. Now, for the B block coming up next, I'm going to explain something I kind of hinted at, I think, in the first podcast saying personality types, you know they are not they're not gospel they're not the complete truth of course not but they're just they're guidelines and i like this crap you know psychology and knowing who are you how can you define it are you an extrovert or an introvert and then it just helps you look in on yourself and think hmm how do i do these things why do i do these things it helps you understand yourself and then you can kind of take that and throw it at the people in your life and say, okay, I think he's like this and she's probably like that and here's the evidence and okay, I think we can get along. Here's what I know they like. Here's what I know they don't like. It's important as human beings to get along. Come on. So, uh, Coming up next, I'm going to explain what I am in the personality types, the importance of it, where to go, a great website that I really like and it's just very interesting and I think everybody needs to devote their lives to finding out who am I and how can I learn more about myself, and help others at the same time. Coming up next. This is the Bonfire
1: on the Blaze Radio Network On
0: Demand. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just
1: to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken and dryer coverage just call 1-800-686-3910 that's 1-800-686-3910 again 1-800-686-3910 call now
2: this is the bonfire on demand on the blaze radio network here's your host andrew herzog
0: i've mentioned this this idea before on the podcast that uh, personality types Are important. Not everybody buys into them. They'd say, oh, I've never understood those. Those don't make sense to me. Uh, None of them have ever really fit me. Okay, well, they're not 100% accurate. That's not the point. And several of these tests and these theories have all said, look, these aren't foolproof. They're just guidelines. They're supposed to, you know, pique your interest and just say, ooh, you know what, now I'm going to dig deeper and look at all these different theories and try to understand myself better. And only you are going to truly know yourself. You know, Because you spend so much time with yourself But this one particular website that I really like Is called 16personalities.com 16 the number 16 the number personalities.com And there's a quick Free quiz on there And you answer these questions As truthfully as you can And it tells you what you are uh, In my particular case I am an ENFP I used to be an ENFJ But you know Life changes I think I was an ENFJ in college, but now I'm an ENFP. I slightly changed. And I think that's natural. People do change. Whenever I've heard in the movies or books, people never change. They're always the same. Yeah, I've never really found that. (laughs) I think people change. Sometimes for good, sometimes for bad. But I think that's pretty consistent. People change. So, ENFP, what is that kind of person? I'm the type of person who I'm filled with ideas. Uh, I pride myself on being sort of a creative individual. I'm not super artsy, you know. There's more creative people out there than me, but I tend to be a creative person more than a, um, you know, steady, focused, get the job done kind of guy. I've I've always liked organizing things here and there. You know, I want some order in my life, but. I appreciate having the ability to be spontaneous, having the freedom to just be in the moment and decide, you know what, I'm going to go do this now. I I like that more. So this website that, you know, you take the quick, quick quiz, lets you know, here's probably who you are. It's important to remember that these are, they're just ideas, they're theories, they're tendencies. Here's what you probably do most of the time. Here's what you naturally do. Here's what you probably tend to do. Okay, we need to get that out. They're not foolproof, but it's just a guideline, just like everything else, like the big five personality types, the five love languages, the Myers-Briggs, which is this one, and the temperaments. You know, it's all different sort of theories and approaches that mankind has had for thousands of years, and we're just now starting to kind of share this through social media. Hey, these things exist, and I think people need to take them so you can better understand yourself and those around you so we can all get along and get things done, so... As an ENFP, I like that freedom, so I, I do well at work when they say, look, you know what the work that needs to be done, Andrew, is. You know what it is, so get it done. Um, the article here on the website says, ENFPs would not do well in the military. They're not too too enthralled with just taking orders and just doing it. Hey, do it because I said so. It's true. I remember being a little kid. My dad would say, hey, Andrew, do this. I'd say, why? Well, do it because I said so. Well, Why? because I you're I'm your father, you're my son. Well why? Shut up, Andrew. Yeah. I'd always I'm always wondering. I'm curious. I'm intuitive. That's one of the pieces of this, you know, ENFP, in, intuitiveness. I want to know why things are the way that they are. I like asking questions and digging deeper. I like big head in the cloud concepts and thinking in that regard. I don't like the nitty-gritty. Um, I'm more of a feeling kind of person than someone who just looks at something objectively and says, well, here's what needs to be done. Oh, yeah, screw your emotions. Screw your feelings. Here's what, here's the truth, and here's what we need to do. I'd say, well, let's let's slow down here a little bit. What is your viewpoint? What is yours, and why do you think that? Let's come together. Let's see if we can't figure this out. I'm someone who's in the middle between an extrovert and an introvert. You know, it's, it's, like, it's like a continuum. It's not you're one or the other. You're either extroverted or introverted. It's not that. I believe it's more of a, you know, uh, continuum. Degrees, you know, there's degrees of introversion and extroversion in each person. I tend to be sort of in the middle, but I tend to lean extroverted, just slightly. I'm someone who needs social interaction, likes to go to parties and group events. I'm also someone who needs his alone time. I want to be alone at home, to just think, to sit quietly, you know, let my mind wander, or read. I like my alone time. I need it. I need both. But I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't done all this research and all these different theories and ideas. Ambivert fits me very well, I think. I said, wow, I've never heard of that concept before. Someone who's kind of in the middle, who needs both. There are people who are very extroverted who say, you know what? No, I hate being alone. I never like being alone. I could never live alone. I'm always looking for someone to talk to, and they're always talking a mile a minute, and they have like 50,000 words to say every day. For me, I got like 10,000. And I'm like, okay, I've said enough. I've said what I need to. Now I'm good. I'm going to sit here quietly and just listen or think. So I'm a bit introverted and a bit extroverted. Right in the middle. This is all relevant because it helps me understand my moods. How you know I interact with people and why I can get upset at work or I can get upset with my family, my friends, and how to resolve it because... If there's one thing I've learned in life is that, well, everyone's going to piss you off at some point, okay? We're humans. It's going to happen. So what matters and what makes you a mature adult is, all right, how am I going to deal with this? How am I still going to keep this person in my life and shrug it off, you know, and say, all right, we'll fix it. The the minute you run into a problem, you don't just say, well, screw you, we're done, and then leave it. No, come on. (laughs) You figure it out. That is crucial when it comes to relationships and you know work relationships with your boss, your coworkers, and saying you know what uh, it'd be a lot easier to just say screw you, leave me alone, but you can't do that. You need to be an adult. So the this personality type thing is crucial to your work life and your personal life, I believe. And I also just I just enjoy reading this kind of stuff and thinking about these concepts. And um, you know, human beings of course are deeper than any kind of label that you can slack onto someone, but. Um, It's it's enjoyable and I do believe it's important So I encourage everybody Go to 16personalities.com Check it out, see if you know what you are And just read, I think it's enjoyable It helps you kind of get a grasp of who you might be And then you take it with you, and, you know, we've all taken those quizzes of, like, which character are you? Which sports player are you most like? And, you know, we take those, and we have fun with them, and we say, hey, look, I'm like Michael Jordan. Or, hey, look, I'm like Faramir from Lord of the Rings. It's just, that's fun. But there's something to that, whereas human beings, we're still curious. We're like, well, sure, that was a fun little quiz, but if you really want to know something that is more you, you go and take these kinds of things, Myers-Briggs, and see, okay, well, what am I probably the five love languages which one of those are important to me and it just helps you understand yourself so you can get along work with others and have a good life so yes can't stress enough the importance of that now um this is relevant because i have a story concerning bonfire coming up next
2: this is the bonfire on demand on the blaze radio network
1: the Jeff Fisher Show. I'm tiring of the primaries quickly. Can we just move on? You know you're not going to put Hillary in jail, so let's just give her the Democratic nomination. Trump is starting to falter. People are actually trying to, uh, you know, grasp uh, exactly that he's not saying anything. Let's get us a real candidate move on so we can get Mr. Obama out of that. Okay.
0: The Jeff Fisher Show. Saturday morning, 6 to 8 Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: This is The Bonfire, On Demand, on the Blaze Radio Network.
0: All right, we've been talking about in this podcast the importance of having fun, unplugging from work, and the more sort of either depressing or important things in life, and saying, I need to make a little time to enjoy myself, which is also important, you know, to keep yourself sane. I'm here to say that I... (laughs) You know, with my personality type, I fulfilled my little bit of social, you know, need uh, recently by going to the movie theaters, theater, <laughs> with some co-workers. I went to go see Hail Caesar, and I, I wrote an article here on bonfirethoughts.com about it, giving my review, quick review. And I said, I had no idea what the movie was about. I went in completely blind. I said, oh, I, I saw, I know George Clooney's in it, and it looks like it's something about caesar and maybe i don't know i had no clue but i said sure why not it seemed kind of interesting even though i have no idea what's going on and my coworkers assured me saying hey it's the cohen brothers they're fine they're good they're great uh just join us it'll be good it'll be fun i'm glad to say that i did and i went there and had and had a good time it was only about 90 minutes long you know it's a good length for a movie Went into it completely blind, and quickly, within the first few minutes of the movie, I knew I made the right decision. I said, okay, this is a great movie. I like it. Uh, It does have the Bonfire seal of approval for movies. I, um, I wrote, like I said, a quick review. And here on Bonfire, I'm going to say, Hail Caesar was a good movie because of the original script, the originality of it. I thought it was unique and refreshing, and... It has a great parody of the movie industry. So for those two reasons, you know, originality and great parody. So the originality, the story is a famous Hollywood actor is suddenly kidnapped in the middle of, you know, taping a new movie. And one of the studio executives who's in charge of concealing all of the studio's problems, you know, he's he's a fixer. He's one of the guys that tries to keep the face of the studio clean, making sure it looks professional and everything still gets done. Um, he has to find out what the heck happened to his leading man who was kidnapped. And he says, okay, here's another problem to add to my day. And throughout the movie, you just get to see him putting out all these other fires in a typical day on the job. And I think it was, I think it was accurate. It was pretty funny. As someone who's in the TV industry, which is you know, a lot different than the movie industry... There were still some similarities. I said, "Yeah, I can, I can identify with that. When you got problems, you freak out for a second, and then say that isn't helping. All right, let's buckle down and fix this issue, and then you just move on. And then it happens every day. Always something wrong every day, and you got to fix it. Keep your head on straight and work with others. So I identified with the movie, uh, maybe more so than others. So you know, but we enjoyed it. It had George Clooney. I always like George Clooney. I think he's a good guy." I like his movies, and uh, Josh Brolin. Even though I'd never seen many of him, many of his movies, I think he did a good job. He was the the studio executive who was in charge of getting George back, and yeah, it was a great parody of the movie industry. So this was set in the 1950s. You know, one of the pinnacles of the industry, right when it's really starting to take off and become a part of American culture. Uh, in the decades before people had been to nickelodeons and silent pictures maybe some musicals you'd go to broadway you know it started you know taking off then all of a sudden there were like movies you know with sound and color every now and then which i guess was the 60s but movies started becoming more daily more regular for the average person so this was in its heyday when there were you know show tunes and musical performances everybody's dancing and clapping and big performances everything is choreographed and then they have the classic Western movies where it's, you know, good versus evil. And then there's the, like, importance of being earnest. Those kinds of suave, sophisticated settings where it's like, oh, well, she said, he said, oh. And it's so highbrow. It has all the above, all that good stuff. And they're mocking it. They're having fun with it. It's good parody. And as someone who's seen a number of movies from the 50s, from the classics, um, I got some of these jokes. I knew what they were doing. I could tell, oh, they're, they're mocking this aspect Of uh, Hollywood culture that was apparent back in the day. And they just had fun with it. And happy to say that I was pleasantly surprised after I had no idea what was going on, just walked into it and said, Oh, okay. I understood the plot. I knew what happened. I laughed, had a good time, and then I called it a day. You don't get much better than that for a movie. Uh, Movies that are three, three and a half hours long, you think, Okay. I don't, think I, I don't think I want to do that. Why did you have so much stuff in your movie? You couldn't have trimmed it down? No. Here, 90 minutes, more or less. It's a good length. Get in, get out, and then move on with your life. Have a little bit of entertainment. It's just what you need right before you go to bed on a weeknight. So, and I still had work the next day, so it worked out really well. The movie, Hail Caesar, does have the bonfire seal of approval. There you go. A little FYI. So if you haven't seen it yet, it just came out in February 5th. I believe if you haven't seen it yet, I recommend it. Go check it out. If you want something that's lighthearted, funny, and original, go there. Go check it out. It was well worth it. So, yeah. So so far in today's episode we've done the importance of goofing off and personality types. And now a quick movie review. And now coming up next, one of the best best <laughs> questions. Um So far on the Bonfire Podcast, I will have with me a special guest, and I will ask him, Sir, tell us, share with us your best and worst dates in honor of Valentine's Day, and I will share mine. Coming up next.
2: The Bonfire, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Buck Sexton.
1: I think what you're just going to see is an increase in the difference between a public university and private one. That differential will become a chasm. People will start to say, wow, private schools are really worth the extra cost in many cases because if the state is making all these schools entirely free, there's going to have to either be vast amounts of money piled into this or you're just going to have to have a decrease in the quality.
2: Buck Sexton, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. Bonfire. Here's your host, Andrew Versog.
0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the final segment here on the Bonfire Podcast. And I decided to, to bring in a whale, a whale here to talk about the important issues. Here I have with me today, I'm very honored to say Skippy Longbottom, uh, uh, Skip Lacombe, sorry. <laughs> That's what it is. Skip, how I'm, you doing?
3: I'm doing great, Andrew. How are you doing?
0: I'm pretty good. I get to have you here on a segment of the Bonfire Podcast as my special guest. How do you feel?
3: Uh, I feel I feel honored. It's, it's great to join you. Uh, you're a great guy. Uh, I'm happy to be on the show. I'm really happy you have one. Matt.
0: Oh, thank you. You're too kind. <laughs> and like I said, we're here to talk about the important issues, namely, best and worst first dates, because this is the Valentine's Day episode weekend. So, uh, Skip, well, why don't we do this first? Tell me the worst first date that you can think of right now, and then I'll tell you mine.
3: Okay, I mean, in terms of the worst, there really isn't one in particular that really stands out. I've had a bunch of really bad first dates. Um, most of them in today's modern age seem to be stemming from things like catfishing, which is when you uh, uh, you, you put a different profile picture on the Internet than you really look like, or, or vastly <laughs> different. But one that actually does stick out from the past is there was this girl who worked at a... Um, Basically, like a parking lot attendant at one of the office buildings that I worked at in Albuquerque. And um, she was just absolutely crazy. Uh, it turned out I found out um, early into the first date that not only does she have a bunch of tattoos and uh, piercings, which I'm somewhat okay with, she also proceeds to tell me how she's into suspension and branding.
0: Ooh, That's when
3: they actually put meat hooks in their back and she hangs suspended from thread Air. And she actually literally has brands covering her leg where she was heating up large pieces of steel and putting like tribal designs and burning into her skin so uh, turns out she was a little crazy
0: yeah jeez <laughs> man that blows mine out of the water that's uh, that's pretty bad I'm not gonna lie man well what about you Andrew For myself I would say it was more of just a misunderstanding I have taken a number of girls to um, the hockey games here at the Dallas Stars. Uh, I found out, I found out later though, she didn't know what I was doing. She's like, oh, that was a date. yeah. yeah, I mean, I drove, I paid, I don't know. That's what I thought was going on, but she didn't, you know, didn't catch my drift. So that was my worst date. I'm lucky that I I haven't had anything too, too crazy. Like your suspension girl, but, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. So yeah.
3: You've never dated anybody who likes to be suspended from meat hooks in warehouses?
0: No, believe it or not. You know, little known fact. Little known fact. Huh. <laughs> it's fu- I it's funny. That was huh? A more
3: average occurrence. Yeah, it's I funny. Know it was a bad day, but I do not think it would be that rare. Jeez.
0: Mine is, yeah, mine's definitely weird. <laughs> but <laughs> I can redeem it, though, by saying that my best date was where I asked a girl to come with me to Oklahoma. I said, hey, I'm going to a uh, comedy show tonight, I'm going to go see Bill Ingvall. And then I'll be back tonight, and then I have work to do tomorrow morning. Would you like to join me? She said, sure, why not? Man, she, we got in the car together. We got to talk. We went to the the uh, casino up in Oklahoma where he was visiting, Bill Lingvall. We sat and had a good time. We laughed. We had dinner, and we drove back home. And I said, all right, good night. That was, like, the best date. I said, wow, this was great. And it was the first one. I said, this was great. It was fantastic. So that was That's
3: mine. Awesome. Yeah, any, any, any sort of a road trip date like that is going to always be awesome, too. It's a really good opportunity to know somebody. And uh, you can find out really quickly whether or not you're going to get along with somebody by sitting in a car with the first couple of hours.
0: Yeah, definitely. (laughs) So what about you? What about your best?
3: All right. My best first day probably goes back a ways now to probably even high school type era. But this was a girl I really, really liked. So I had planned out a really, really cool date, put a lot of thought into it. It also happened to be her birthday when we were going to have our first day. So extra pressure there. But here's what I did. I, I got reservations at one of the nice Italian restaurants in town. And uh, a couple days before, I had gone—actually, I think it was just the morning of the date, actually. I had gone to the restaurant and said, hey, listen, I, I get a reservation at 7 o'clock. I'm going to be by with, uh, with my date. Um, but I would gotten, like, three or four different small little presents for her that I had wrapped previously and delivered to the uh, hostess to be delivered to the dinner table throughout uh... the day, un- unbeknownst to her. So uh, we first sit down. She takes our drink orders and whatnot. She comes back up with a, with a little wrapped present type thing, says nothing, just hands it to her. She's like, what? I don't know what. It was a small little like keepsake book. Uh, uh, after we order our entrees, she walks out with a little candle. So there were about four or five different uh, things that came out, culminating in the final thing, which was a card with an everything saying, I hope you had a good first date slash dinner slash birthday.
1: Wow.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. That's incredible. That's, uh, those are a lot of good ideas right there. That's pretty smooth. Pretty smooth.
3: Yeah, that one took some effort. That one took some effort.
0: I like it. Um, is, so, is there like an update? How's that going along, this uh, this girl that you had the first date with?
3: Uh, and, interestingly enough, well, we dated for about six months, and she's a great girl. We ultimately didn't really get along, um end up towards sports uh, meant for each other. However, I introduced her to my best friend. They hit it off, and they've been married now for about 13 years, have two kids now.
0: <laughs> Dang. Man, that was a long time ago. Shoot.
3: Yeah, it was, it was a while ago. Yeah, so uh, it didn't work out out for uh, for us, but uh, fortunately, uh, it worked out for my best friend and her. Oh,
0: They're uh,
3: happily married now.
0: Skip the matchmaker.
3: I <laughs> <laughs> do what I can, Andrew. Do what I can.
0: I like it. That was a that's a good first date idea. I might have to <clears throat> bum that one one day. Um, so
3: anybody, feel free to steal it. I'm fine with this.
0: <laughs> well, great. I mean. This is what we do here on The Bonfire with the, uh, the fun topics, the culture, the entertainment, stuff to make you smile make you laugh. And I'm glad that uh, you know Skip got to join here. Skip, in fact, is actually the, the co-host of The Morning Blaze here on The Blaze Radio Network. Is that right?
3: Absolutely, yeah.
0: How's that going? Having fun?
3: I'm fantastic. Yeah, again, I uh, appreciate the invite to the show. It's nice to talk about something other than just the uh, the GOP election.
0: <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So this this was good. I'm glad you could join, Skip. Thank you much for uh, for joining us. And Skip, where can they uh, where can people find you online?
3: Ah, uh, you can find me. Uh, the best way to probably contact me. I'm real active on Twitter. You can find me. It's at Skip Lacombe, That's S K I P L A C O M B E. And of course, you can also follow my uh, my partner, Doc Thompson, by following at Doc Thompson Show.
0: Awesome, good deal. Yeah, people will. I'll encourage them to do so. Absolutely. So, and uh, everybody, please, Fantastic. please remember, Bonfire is also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and then the main website, BonfireThoughts.com. And that is it for this week's episode. This is the Valentine's Day segment and once again thank you very much skip for joining and i anticipate i anticipate having you back on again one day for sure and hopefully god willing in the studio with me i think that'd be a lot of fun
2: that'd be great yeah I'd love this is the bonfire
3: on the blaze radio network